So it's a pleasure for me to invite Elaine Shawcross to the Pickleball Addiction podcast. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you very much. Just get to be here and lovely to have a chat with you. Oh, yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for thanks for agreeing to come on. Um, I, I know that you've, uh, it's been a bit of a struggle to connect, but we've managed to get there in the end. Oh, I know. I know. It's been all my fault. I do apologise. A couple of senior moments thrown in there. I, uh... <laughs> well, then you had a holiday. We'll start off by saying that Sam Bassford recommended me getting you onto the podcast. He was the he was the first person that he said immediately. So why why would he say that? You you tell us why he would uh, recommend you. Well, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure, but because there's an awful lot of good people in pickleball, really. Uh, but I've known Sam a good number of years, and he's seen obviously and heard of some of the things that I've done over time, and. Um, well, he's obviously sat up and taken notice, but Sam is definitely following in my footsteps um, and and all good people, and he's up to some amazing things these days. So I really am chuffed that Sam did uh, did mention me. So that, that's that's a great plus. So thanks, Sam. Well, tell us a little bit then about where pickleball began for you. Like, when did it start? When did you when did you first get interested in pickleball? Hmm. Well, this this is a strange one, really. I was um, in Thailand. Uh, we have a holiday home in Hua Hin, and um, I very fortunately met a lady there, Alison Fulton, who was a former Scottish international badminton player, and we had the badminton chat. Uh, somebody said, do you know Alison? And I said, no, we haven't met, but I do know she's interested in badminton. I saw her at the Thailand Open. So we got chatting about badminton and you know the fact that we've both been involved and we both knew... Uh, many people from our past, which was quite amazing, saying we, we'd never personally met. And then afterwards, she said, you still play badminton? I said, I've been playing a little bit, but, you know, I, I did finish because of, you know, achy and old-fashioned knees and stuff like that. So she then said, well, I play this game pickleball now. And, of course, I couldn't believe I'd worked in sport for sort of 30-odd years and never heard the word pickleball. And she said, um, I, I lived six months in Florida and six months in Thailand. So when I come back next year, I will bring some paddles and we'll have a go. We'll have a swing. And that's really how it, how it came, as casual as that. So I waited almost a whole year for these paddles to arrive. And when they did, um, we had our first knock at a place called Palm Hills. And um, I walked immediately. I just I thought I could handle it, even with my dodgy knees. And um, really enjoyed the experience. And then from then on, it grew into a, uh, eventually a, a full glo- uh, full blown club over in Ireland. And that still thrives. And um, it's it's split into various other smaller clubs now. So, but in Hua Hin, now there's probably three or four places that you can play pickleball. Yeah, nice. So, how how long ago was that? Uh, I think it was. It was either late 2014 or very early 2015, I would imagine. My memory's getting a bit long now. <laughs> Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, um, from from that, the the club and pickleball has grown immensely in Wahin. Wahin as a destination has everything for the pickleball visitor. So there's some great pickleball there. There's now probably three or four events where you can play, a couple of clubs as you always get the splits off from the, the mother club, for want of a better word. Um, well, that's no bad thing. And uh, and today there's quite a lot of choice, great hotels, good beaches, low cost of living. So there's lots of reasons for Quahin to be a great pickleball destination. 
Great. Sound like you sound like a travel agent. <laughs> when did you decide that you wanted to do something more than just play in pickleball? Well, when I come home to the north of England, um, I missed it tremendously. I hated the fact that I couldn't play pickleball for another six months until I went back again. Um, so I decided to approach the local authority where I used to work, which was Burnley, and uh, had a chat with you know the team there and said, um, "Look, you, you know you've got to take notice of this new sport. It's going to be great. It's great for the healthy lifestyles people, and it's also a new additional sport for uh, anybody that wants to." play socially and even rise through to something competitively um but you know pickleball can't be ignored for much longer so yeah I was, i'm pleased to say they took me at my word and we introduced pickleball into um 50 plus morning and very soon that went from one court to two courts to three courts of pickleball and then the start of a club in an evening what could be open then to people who didn't qualify for the over 50s morning yeah so did did pickleball already exist in the UK uh, uh, with a limited number of clubs at that time or were you the first? <laughs> yeah, it, it, exist, it existed at the time. I understand from my searching for it that the nearest place to the northwest would have been Oxford. I think there was three places um, in the UK. Lockerbie was one. Oxford was another one. And I think I think the third was, was down in Kent or somewhere like that. But there was nothing at all north of Oxford. And it would have been, I don't know, a four-hour drive for me to go and play. And lovely Lockerbie would have been nearer for me. But, yeah, um, so really it was a – that was the start of pickleball in the, you know, if you like, the north of England. Yeah, fantastic. So, yeah. So these days you're, you know, a regional director for the Northwest region um, on behalf of Pickleball England. So tell us a little bit about what that role entails. What, what, is the, what does a normal week look like if you have a normal week? Hi, Mark Mars here. I hope you're enjoying the show. This podcast is sponsored in part by the Pickleball Addiction Store and Newsletter. To support the show, please check out the Pickleball Addiction Store at pickleballaddiction.co where we stock a wide range of paddles, balls, nets and other accessories. Use coupon code POD10, that's P-O-D-1-0, to get 10% off your first purchase. You can also check out the Pickleball Addiction newsletter at pickleballaddiction.news, where we cover the latest news in pickleball from the UK and around the world. Thanks for your support, and now back to the show. That's, no, that's a good one. Um, well, the, the reason I kind of finished up being a Northwest Regional Director is that um, following on from the... Um, club at Burnley I then started to spread the word around the northwest and we kind of sorted out a small northwest association even before Pickleball England ever existed um, so at the time when there was some consideration being made for the national governing body they approached me to see if I would you know join, join throw my cap in the ring with them which I was quite happy to do um, and then obviously a lot of what I do from a Northwest perspective is guided by um, what Pickleball England are trying to roll out nationally. Um, but you know, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's such a thing as a normal day, really. I mean, we have everything from um, organising Northwest activities, representing the Northwest, um, pickleball festivals, doubles leagues, answering inquiries, training volunteers, putting on leaders courses. It, it's you know, it, I mean, it's a full-time job now. It's aspired, really, from something that might have been initially in the early days, you know, a few hours a week to um, 
pickleball every every day for you know quite a few hours really. and if you add to that some of the travel to get to pickleball play pickleball venues then it's quite a considerable commitment and I'm just very lucky really that um Trina my partner is a um willing mm. give you like to give me enough rope to get out there and, and do these kind of things and well, uh, although she's not a pickleball fan as such or, does, or doesn't play, she's quite happy to let me roam around and do what I need to do for Pickleball England. So, you know, equip, equipment loans, dropping nets off, you name it, we've got it. But the the, the actual <laughs> inquiries and email and an admin side of things, particularly as Pickleball England's tried to get um, ratified with Sport England, has, has been considerable. Yeah. What, what would you say in the last sort of 12 months or so? Has it been a noticeable increase even in that short period of time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I mean, I keep saying we're on a pickleball boom, really, to be honest. And, um, you know, it is It is getting difficult, really, to handle, the, you know, the volume of work, really. It's, um, yeah. You know, I mean, Karen Mitchell and I both agree that, you know, it's, it's a full-time full job. The pay's lousy, but it's a full-time job. Obviously, it's for the love of the game and we do what we do for the desire to, you know, promote pickleball and take it mm. out, out to the masses. And the, the things that have, you know, um, reached, I think, over the last um, certainly two years has been incredible. Yeah, the growth is, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's because... You know, if anybody's got like a pulse on it, it's kind of you guys and seeing just how many, how many, I think we can probably judge how many emails you've got unread in your inbox by how quickly it's growing and, you know, over the last few years. But I mean, I've, I've, I've only been really in the game less, less than a year. So all I've got is the, the evidence of the size of the Open last year, which is around 450 people and the size of the Open this year, which is 1100. So that, that's, that's all I've got. Yeah, that's, a, I mean, it's a real test of a real testament. I mean, you know, even just judging from my point of view, you know, I only need to switch my phone off for a couple of hours and switch it back on. And, uh, you know, the number of times they say, oh, look at this, I've got 40 messages, you know, and probably 39 of them are pickleball. So, you know, it, it there really is, um, you know, sort of interest. And, and since we've been in the spot with all these uh, fantastic articles in the major newspapers, uh, again, you know, that that's, that's just added if you like, to the, the fact that, you know, they're helping now promote Pickleball. I always felt it was the promotion previously was from within, but but now there's people on the outside taking notice and helping with that task of getting the word Pickleball out there. You know, so many people at one stage used to just say, Pickleball, mm. what the heck's that, you know? But now you can say the word Pickleball and a lot of people know what you mean, which is tremendous. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much two or three times a week every week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and obviously we welcome that. It's it's great to get, uh, you know, get our spot out there and get it on on onto uh, the lips of influential um, magazines, newspapers, and individuals. It's it's really good. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, it's fantastic, and that's I guess that's what I'm trying to do myself as well with this podcast and the newsletter that I write. Just trying to spread the word a little bit more to some new people and get people knowing what's going on actually as well because um, it's one thing being interested in pickleball and I know that my local club you know they, they don't go to any events generally I'm actually starting to get a few of them actually going along now but they don't really know anything on outside of the social they have once a week or twice a week at the club um, so 
it's um <clears throat> it's good to for everybody to kind of know what else is going on and what opportunities there are well, that pretty much was the case for me. I mean, I, I think about some of the early tournaments, really, and I was the I was the token northerner, really, even. Um, and, in fact, I, that's why I got, you know, adopted by um, Slap and London Pickleball and many of the southerners. A lot of a lot of my friends in pickleball have come from down south, but they, we've been friends now for a good number of years. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I remember going to these places and, you know, uh, I ended up with the only northern gruff voice in the place really so um yeah i mean the fact now that um good representation <laughs> not just in the northwest but other other parts of the country is is great it's not just um a, a southern, but even though that's the most dynamic and most uh fast growing sort of area because of the density of the population around the south but you know i mean it's fa it's fabulous really that pickleball's reaching into you know rural communities single court venues and you know so old and younger like now with now with T tapping on the doors of um, the youth an awful lot more so there is more young people coming into pickleball and um, yeah, I mean at one stage it was seen as this almost a retirement sport for people who couldn't play tennis or badminton or any, uh, table tennis any longer but it, I think certainly there's a huge uh, shift in the attitude towards pickleball as a sport right across the board either socially and uh, um, healthy lifestyle um, and you know good mental health sort of thing as well as people who've missed that competitive element from the retirement from other sports who are now finding they, they can enter play at different levels within pickleball and, and still you know put some of that competitive element they've been missing back into the life i certainly missed it when i play, uh, finished playing badminton I, I was probably i was probably lost for i don't know 89 pickleball came along and it was certainly life-changing for me and i believe it's life-changing mm. for a lot of people now it really is. It makes a, a huge, a huge difference. I mean, I, when I was younger, I played a bit of tennis with a tennis club and I, you know, you, you kind of get older and you think, why didn't I carry that on? Like I was quite good at it. I enjoyed it. And as a kid, you just think you've got forever. Right. And then you get to an age where you go, oh, there's no chance of being a tennis pro anymore. I'm too old and no chance of playing football anymore. I'm too old. But pickleball, I think it's even you know, given me like a new lease of life. Like, oh, wow, I can really kind of uh, start to play something. No, tennis courts are big, right? There's a lot of running on tennis courts. So yeah, pickleball courts are much, much easier to kind of get around. And uh, I'm I'm really enjoying kind of a new lease of life of getting better at a game and improving in a game um, myself. So, Yeah, I don't, I don't think that there's a doubt. The number of people that now come to me sort of say, wow, you know, this has changed what I do. It's changed my weekly routine. It's changed, it's changed my life. Um, you know, and obviously for the better, um, certainly, certainly for the players. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it's a good thing for all the, the pickleball <laughs> widows and widowers that are left at home that have not joined the pickleball bandwagon yet. But you know, but yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, it it, it certainly has had a, a very positive influence on on their life and how they spend the time. And what I'm finding as well is that um, players don't just go to the let's just say it's a club or a group we play once a week, then. You know, they go into two or three other groups as well because once a week's just not enough yeah. pickleball for them, you know. So they're always looking for the next opportunity Definitely. to play. Definitely. I mean, I play three times a week myself. My, my wife's not sporty at all. She's more of a, a, a yoga kind of, you know, exerciser. Does those, those more, more of those kind of things. And um, But she's, she suggested, oh, why don't we go down and, on a Saturday and play with the kids? I mean, I've, getting, I've been taking the kids down myself anyway. So now she's getting involved and playing a little bit, even though she's not really that way inclined but I've got three kids so I'm I'm kind of grooming them to be my 
my my pickleball clan when they're older because there'll be four of us then there'll be three them three and then me so what the youngest one's only four so i've got a few years to go but i'm playing the long game that you know i'll i'll have a a good pickleball team down the road to play with (laughs) oh good for you so you're you're going to be like the the williams sister's father are you really where you grew them to be the (laughs) the tree in pickleball and then travel the world and uh, you know on, uh, on pickleball and, and should we say the tournaments that they can then win I think that's a great move that Matt well thought out <laughs> yeah maybe I mean I, I wasn't yeah I mean I was more being selfish and thinking that's three people that I can play with later on but you know get caught in the garden at some point but yeah but no yeah definitely if they want to take it up they're really enjoying it of course I feel it because when we've had sort of more open yeah. sessions and some youngsters have been you know allowed along and they've they've played they've, they've really all enjoyed it i think it's a pleasurable game as i said no matter what your age or ability really and in fact i've been speaking very recently to a couple of clubs in my region about a family weekend which is something that we haven't done yet but it's definitely on the cards um i have an agreement from one club to take this forward and another, another group just putting on some junior coaching so uh yeah so there's huge strides being made now into encouraging you know, school age and young young people into into pickleball. And the other good thing is that um, you know, over in over in the USA, a lot of the eminent kind of tennis coaches are realizing um, the the benefits of the relationship between pickleball and tennis. And the real mini ones is starting them off with pickleball and then transitioning them into tennis when they're a little bit older. So you know, I think there's a good relationship to be had between. Uh, pickleball and tennis, other racket sports, really, to some degree, uh, for training young people and transitioning them into into the sport. Yeah, for sure. So it seems talking about events. It seems like you you post almost every day on social media about an event you're attending or that you're involved in in some way. So I wondered, do you think you've attended more pickleball events than anybody else in the UK? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I think at one time I probably might have done, but um, I had had a, a bit of a blip of years back with a serious health issue that clipped my wings for a while. So over the last sort of two, two and a half years, I've not been able to do the visiting and going around to where I would like to. And, you know, and the other side of the thing that um, made, made things not as accessible in some ways is uh, the way that, um, you know, the cost of transport, you know, the petrol and diesel went up. And, you know, I mean, I, I had a real bad habit of needing to fill a car about twice a week for pickleball journeys, really. So, uh, you know, when when the price really went up to, you know, part of two, two quid for a, a litre, then I had to sort of cut back on some of what I was doing. But uh, yeah, at one stage, I probably had would have been in the lead on that one. But I'm sure there's other people now that are <laughs> catching up and bypassing me on that one. But I still like to get out and about wherever I can, and I get invited to a lot of pickleball events and festivals and and so on and so forth. And I do try and lend me support where I can. Uh, but at the, sa- at the at the same time, I'm not always available. You know, you, you've got to get in early these days. I'm afraid. So it's particularly weekends. You know, I, I don't get many free weekends at all over the course of a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. But as well, I noticed when I was looking at, you know, doing a little bit of research on your background that you've not only played events in the UK, you played lots of events around the world. So I was just wondering what's a, if you can share some of the most memorable moments of those events and, wh- and where have you played for the audience? Oh, my goodness. Um, quite quite a few places, really, I suppose. Um 
I think I think my very first tournament was in Madrid because we didn't have any in England or UK then at all. And uh, I made two, two semi-finals. So the first attempt, I, I was really pleased with that and came home absolutely delighted and obviously enthused to do something similar again. I think I think the next tournament was in Holland in Amsterdam and um we got a gold in ladies doubles at 3.5 with uh, Sheena McDonald from Scotland who's uh, another player that comes out to Whiting quite regularly so that was great um I once played in Kiev which was now you look at you know I watch the news now and see what's happening with Ukraine um and you know the back, some of the places in the backdrop mm -hmm. for the newsreader. You know, I've, I've been to and I've visited and everything. So that in itself was an experience. Before, and that's whether we'll ever get the chance to go to Kiev or Kiev, as they call it now, with uh, uh, for any other reason, I don't know. Because times are very sad for there. So that was that was truly memorable to play. And I, um, I had a Golden Ladies doubles there. So again, you know, it's it's always nice when you come back with with a medal as a memory. But it's not totally essential the experience of a different place different culture meeting people yeah. is is real is really what i play pickleball for i, I just i just enjoy the just enjoy meeting people and a bit of a, a people person you know and pro probably i've got to say um the most exhilarating experience was when i played in the indian open in mumbai with atul edwards and we won the mixed doubles um and you know if you've never experienced um an event with an indian partisan crowd <laughs> it's it's it was it was incredible and and that in itself was uh it was just that you know they had television cameras right. there they had people to interview you you felt as if you were a you know almost a, a full-blown um pickleball celebrity for want of a better word it was it was it was incredible it was unbelievable and people wanted photographs i mean after after we'd won we were still there on the court two hours later photographs taken and interviews and so that in itself was an incredible experience and i've followed indian pickleball obviously very close to heart since and uh you know i mean the the, the play there and their, their enthusiasm is is just tremendous so but i mean every everywhere i've gone it doesn't matter which country i've played in i've come back having had a very positive experience um coming back with you know new friends more facebook friends more people to keep in touch with um yeah and i, I just i just love to travel pickleball is a great reason to travel to another country and just enjoy the experience it's 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 great yeah it's really taking off in india isn't it i mean we had some indian players didn't we at the open and they were fantastic they were fantastic they're tremendous players in india but to be honest they've been playing a long time in india um mm. people don't realize this that um in india i think started probably uh through sunil valavalka about uh probably eight, 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 nine, ten years before we did in the UK. And in Singapore, even longer, I believe in Singapore, there's been some form of pickleball there for probably, you know, 25, 30 years. So, you know, it's just that it's been a minority sport that's been kept within the boundaries. And now people are, you know, uh, breaking out of the countries. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just amazing now uh, how how many tournaments there are and festivals that are now bringing people together from, from different countries. You know, the... The start of the Bainbridge Cup when that was first played in Spain was a unique opportunity. That was superb, uh, and and went on for a number of years. The fact that it it morphed into something else, I don't I don't think has 
particularly helped it as such but um you know that's that's still probably a possibility and then you know you're getting all these they've just had the asian games in um taiwan with all the asian countries coming together so you know these these things you know just just knocking pickleball apart really you just can't keep up with what's happening in the world australia you know the 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 game uh, the game's grown rapidly and I believe they've got over 20,000 registered players there now so yeah it's it's not just not just on our patch this is this is a worldwide thing at the moment yeah it's uh, it, it's been everywhere yeah yeah absolutely um so you've run a lot of events now if you had, if you had to estimate how many events you've been part of or been tournament director for how many would you say it would be Oh, I've no idea really. If I'm honest, um, I know we've just done our fifth Northwest Pickleball Festival, which is a, um, a, a, obviously something we started back in I think 2017 or something, with a couple of years out for COVID. So, um, so that was just the fifth. So we've done, we've done that every year. Um, I'm just planning the fourth Thailand Open, uh, and then lots of other regional ones. I mean, we do a uh, a, a ten league northwest doubles every month. Uh, there's ten divisions. Sorry, not ten leagues. Uh, ten divisions of the northwest doubles every month. And then lots of other little things that we need to even reintroduce. I did a regional tournament for the northwest going back a few years just before I had my health problem, uh, and that needs to be uh, restored. It's just it's just time and um, personal time and. The, the single biggest problem for all the, getting all these events up and running and off the ground is the availability of facilities. You know, that's a, that's a big struggle. Yeah, that feels that definitely feels like the next step. I've spoken to a lot of people and it feels like that is the natural next thing. You know, we're running out of badminton courts. <laughs> we need some dedicated facilities. Sure. And, I, you know, I, be, I do believe we've, we've got about 30,000 badminton courts um, in in the UK, but but the thing is, it's not just pickleball. It's in some use of those badminton courts, you know, it's it's netball, it's indoor tennis, volleyball, aerobics classes, spinning classes, all these yeah. kind of things uh, that just just put pressure on that sports hall space. Really, um, I think we're very lucky when we get to a venue where it is purely a badminton court, like they might have at Milton Keynes, or they have at a Scottish Badminton Centre, and there's no other. Uh, conflict of any other lines you know when we get what i call a clean badminton court rather than one with multitude of lines uh, yeah. it's really a joy it really is a joy to play on really to be fair and the courts in telford the english open um superb absolutely so there's not a player that went you know of the 1100 that played that were not suitably impressed by the layout there and i think we for many of us it would have been the first time that we would have played on a pure pickleball court without the tram lines, etc., uh, and and that made it um, a tremendous experience. Well, that that was my first tournament, um, Elaine. So I had high expectations after that, you know. <laughs> well, I think you might be disappointed now because obviously that's not sort of something that can be done at every event. The majority uh, events will be on the badminton courts with a multitude of lines, or the tennis centres with tape courts out. But, you know, I mean, the main thing is that we get to play. It doesn't matter what we play on. Um, it's 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 the people it's the people that make it. It, it. it is nice if you get the luxury. It's like perhaps driving a Jaguar as opposed to a small family saloon. But, you know, it, when you get that experience, it is, it is memorable. And so many people will go away from that mm -hmm. tournament in 
Telford with uh, an amazing memory of a wonderful experience. In some cases, it might never be repeated. So that was, it really was amazing. Yeah, I still smile just thinking about it now. I, I couldn't stop grinning when I was there. It was, it was a brilliant experience. And it was a brilliant. I got goosebumps when I walked in. I've been to Arizona since and been on some dedicated courts as well since then. So that was great too. But really, uh, makes a difference. Being how the... did you find the difference between the indoor the indoor game and the outdoor game, Mark? How, how did you feel about that? Would it have been first time outdoors? That was first time outdoors, and I really, really liked it because it was on. We went to a resort where they run one of the PPA events, so it was um, called Desert Ridge in Arizona. All right. So they have sixteen floodlit pickleball courts mm -hmm. there. Um, obviously, it was really hot; it was hundred degrees. <laughs> but I liked it. But what, what I was surprised about was because. We're in, a bit, we're in the desert there. There's not really much wind. But the, of what wind there was, it did affect the ball. The heat obviously was a problem, even playing early in the morning. And the sun would occasionally be a problem in getting your eyes. So although I imagine that was being like the peak, it wasn't, there was some, there were some downsides that I hadn't really contemplated. And I actually played on some indoor courts in Arizona as well, which are air-conditioned, they're brand new, pristine. And actually that was even even better, the, of the best of the lot, because it didn't have the downsides of the outside, but had all the benefits of inside, but outside, no, inside, outside courts, but inside. And that was, that was amazing. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, one day we might have something similar here. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? No, I wait, I wait. Yeah, Wait with bated breath. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they've already got the, the facility now in Telford, which has got the Pickleball United courts. It's still not quite the same as having an asphalt court. Yeah, I think I think, I think they're very lucky in Telford, and I think that's a great start. I'd look forward to other, uh, even just smaller, bite-sized developments like that with, you know, two, three court venues, um, if, if, they, if they are permanent, then... They don't, I mean, a club might need a four court hall because they've only got one or two hours a week, yeah. you know. But if, if, if a club has, um, you know, even one court or two courts for their exclusive use, um, then obviously that'd be used a multitude of times in a week, and that, that would be a great start. I've, I've been on the lookout for something similar for a, a long, long time and never, um, well, we got very close one time with an old industrial mill, if I'm honest, where we thought we'd. Um, got an, a quite an appropriate space uh, with some indoor space and an outdoor court that would have gone under the old cotton bale store which was a roof with open sides which was tremendous and then there was an objection from some of the businesses near about sharing that space and even though we'd paid a deposit at the time we had to we got it oh, returned and yeah. it was withdrawn and i've never found anything since that touched any anywhere near that you know every time I, I, I drive down the m6 and every time a new unit goes up on the sideline you know whether it, it's for a pallet company or a big business look how many mm. pickleball courts we could get in there that'd be brilliant wouldn't it you know so i think everybody's on the lookout yeah. for the right opportunity yeah there are vacant industrial units and that but they're just so expensive generally you know trying to make it financially viable is the next challenge isn't it but on the unit or even the purchase it's the business rates around uh, that and some of the other uh, you know expenses in running a play. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of thought needs to go into into these things to be honest. But it, it would be wonderful if at some point uh, each region would have something of a reasonable standing that could perhaps encompass maybe four, six, eight courts and be more available for pickleball at uh, you know should we say peak time because 
you know, I mean, everybody approaches a sports centre at the moment and says, you know, I've got a new, a new game, new pickleball club, I've 20 members or whatever, I've got, you know, we'd, we'd book this over a, a regular period. And, you know, you get offered offered Friday night, 8 till 10, and that's the only thing in a week, if if you're lucky. I mean, I've recently had somebody been offered uh, at a sports centre um, Sunday evening, 9 o'clock. Well, it's, it's hardly the most popular time, is it? So, you know, it it is difficult now to secure... Um, you know the, the facilities at the right time, and it's still one of the reasons I think that there's a huge uh, support and following for pickleball during the day because the retired people are available and can use that. But you know, but for, for any younger people or people who are working a school age, it's very difficult, you know, to get to get the midweek evenings and the weekends, and that goes the same for any special events. You know, I mean, I'm I'm looking for an eight court venue for another event for a, a, a weekend or a long weekend, and uh, there's yeah. just not that many here in the northwest. Yeah, it would it would be wonderful. It would be great if there were a bigger facility, but there isn't. We've got one court, uh, one facility in the northwest with more than eight courts, and unfortunately they're, they're not uh, not in great order really for decent pickleball. So I'm waiting for a refurb on them before we make a proposal. You know, I'm interested. I'm hovering in the background. You know, I keep telling them, let me know, let me know when you've done your refurb and I'll be in there. But, um, yeah, it's just very difficult to secure the right place at the right time. You have a background in sports funding, I noticed. Um, so my question to you is twofold, I guess. You know, what needs to happen for Pickleball to start getting some more funding where it needs it? And, you know, what kind of funding might Pickleball expect when, if and when that does arrive? Well, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I've been involved in, uh, through my sports development background, an awful lot of, you know, lottery bids and so on and so forth, uh, many, many of which have been successful. Um, but it, really it needs Pickleball to be fully recognised and ratified in Sport England um, to be able to access easy a bit more easily public funds i, I do believe uh, there's been some small pockets of funding from you know the small grants award people and uh, and, and any funding is is welcome um but you know if, if we if we're going to look for something big in terms of improving facilities or making a purpose-built facility or something like that, I, I do believe we need to be signed into sporting alongside all the other national governing bodies of sport like cricket like whatever um and i think that would make a huge difference uh, and then you know people would be able to apply for for funding from as i said from the small grants committee when you're looking for your paddles nets and so on and so forth or some uh seed to make a project happen but alongside some match funding, uh, then there's an opportunity to be, you know, really, really going in search of something bigger. Thinking of people who might be looking at uh, converting a facility, but it, you know, I think that's the single biggest thing uh, that will certainly influence uh, influence the the providers of funding. When you when you almost say that we've applied for it, quite achieved that, yeah, the same impact of being with national. Uh, governing body and fully ratified by Sport England in the same impact. Even though that's been quite a long process so far, we're still, still in the throes of crossing the finishing line with that. Yeah, hopefully that'll come that'll come uh, sooner rather than later. I know that we're well on the road for that. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be great when it when it happens and we can see yeah what, what will come of that. 
uh, and opportunities that brings. Yeah, the one thing that will help on the smaller projects now is the fact that it's finding its way into the news. It's becoming uh, a word now on the people's tongues uh, much, much more uh, freely than it's previously. So where before you might have been putting a, an application into a local sports vessel or a, a request grant or something like that, hopefully some decision-making board will now have heard the word pickleball where they won't you know, if we'd done that two years ago, they'd probably say, no, like everybody else, pickleball, what's that? You know, but now, uh, I'm we've got some great press coverage yeah. where we, uh, people are beginning to sit up and take yeah. notice of the game. So even at the, at the lower level, I think so that thing is just starting to happen as well. The fact that out there are making such great progress, this boom I keep talking about, is now just beginning to open things. In terms of uh, sticking on the theme of the events, like I'm very much looking forward to, to the Nationals and... As I understand, it's not the first time it's been held at Bolton. So, uh, you know, I wonder if you can tell us a little, tell me at least a little bit about the venue and what I can expect, and if you know of any changes that you're making from previous events to kind of make it, make it better for things maybe the where it fell short previous years. Yeah, well, I mean, Bolton, the tennis arena at Bolton uh, was was built for the uh, uh, Manchester Commonwealth Games and was the horse for the badminton event at the time. Um, and of course, it's very, you know, very. I think it's very much tennis centered really uh, but but when Pickleball England made the inquiry uh, thankfully they were very open to the diversity of use and I think this will be our third nationals in Bolton um, the other thing that's fabulous about Bolton is that um, it's right next to the football ground it's on a sort of a, a modern day if you like retail park with hotels with restaurants with a pub with a, uh, supermarket petrol and all that kind of thing so it's everything within a very easy reach of it really to support a good event venue um but the the floor is a kind of a red floor so uh, for for tennis courts so it is an outdoor surface although it, it obviously it's within uh, a hall with the roof and everything and a number of people that ask me every year why are we playing with an outdoor ball when we play inside well it's because the surface is actually not the an, out, an outdoor surface so that's why the uh, the Franklin X40 ball is the ball of choice for the English Open. Uh, sorry, for the Eng uh, English Nationals, <laughs> and um, it, that plays beautifully on that surface indoors. Um, as I say, it's got good changing room, good facilities, great parking. There's even a couple of people that stay in the motorhomes around one corner of the side and save themselves some hotel money. The uh, Premier is right across the road, and the hotel belonging to Bolton Wanderers is adjacent to it. So it's got. Every site really to um you know to, to make a good event sadly it's just not quite big enough to bring if you like the uh the courts that we had at telford uh we can't accommodate uh, as many courts as we would need to run tournament if we put the uh put the rollout courts down and of course that would mean extra days in terms of um terms of hire of the facility to do that of course more cost in the, the, the team that needs to do the laying uh, so there will be taped courts unfortunately so yeah. you know people come on from the English Open in Telford it won't have, perhaps have the same impact uh, there is a plan at the moment to make the show court um, one of the rollout courts where um, obviously some finals and the main events will be held uh, in terms of a you know sort of small spectator arena um, so yeah it's got again it's got everything uh, that's and people, people have enjoyed the feedback I've had from previous years. You know what a great event, what a great venue. It's superb. The hotel's just across the road. We can, we can just walk to it. Or if we need anything, you know the retail park's just next door. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, I think there's uh you know, but it's like in any other uh, big facility, there's a huge call on the availability of that base, and we need to. Well, it's it has been booked uh, well months in advance. In fact, I think there was a three year contract in. Um, so it may well be that um, it might not be Bolton in in the future. It might be the last one. Who knows? Uh, depending on whether pickleball England can find a more suitable facility to to host that uh, English national. We'd be sad. We'd be sad to lose it from our region, but we think we're very lucky to have had it for, for three years. We really do, because quite often in the past, majority of the events have been further down south. It's wonderful that we've been able to receive people in the north and, um, you know, show off some of our um, strengths from our region. And uh, we'll, we'll miss that if that's not the case. It has really been a joy to host for the last three years. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't obviously, I don't know the... Um financial viabilities and everything but the but i guess telford a couple of halls in telford might be enough you know in the future where they can host the host something like the nationals potentially i guess yeah well it's it's a time for exploring everything you know and i mean I, to be honest i'm not sure what what if any new facilities went up in birmingham for the last commonwealth um there may well be something around in birmingham that um could be used or modified something like that but it's you know it, it's great if it is mid-country really for other people traveling from from really that's uh you know somewhere in the midlands is absolutely ideal but we have we have been very mm -hmm. fortunate that bolton has been you know a great home venue for the english nationals for the last uh three long may it continue but you know there is some good competition out there i think the one thing about bolton really uh apart from the fact that it has got everything uh is that you know it it, it was cost effective as well compared with some of the other venues so um you know there's a huge huge uh build of court space when you run all these events i mean i think karen on her last podcast said that you know the the cost of putting on the uh english open um in telford was something like a quarter of a million pounds. I'm not saying this is anywhere near that, but it's still a significant amount of money. Well, um, from if I can, if I've got this right, if remember this. Uh, I think it needs seventy-five countries uh, represented in that sport with a single national governing body on four continents, and of of those seventy-five countries, in forty. It's 40. Uh, 40 of those countries need to have women playing, women representing sport as well, would be the base for going forward as an Olympic as an Olympic sport. Um, I, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of good work going on at the moment and there's um, uh, a, a lot of work trying to bring the uh, world governing bodies together, try and make it a singular, um, singular world governing body. Um, but it's not, again, that's not quite happened yet. So it is an area, an area of concentration for some people. Um, those would be the basics to even get it on the table for consideration. I think next time, the, 
The Olympics is in America, which I think is 2028. Is Los Angeles, Paris next, and then Los Angeles, and, and then Brisbane. I, I do, I do think there's perhaps an opportunity to get people a demonstration support, especially with the growth in the US. Uh, I, I've got to be honest, I don't have who's dealing with that or if it's even uh, a thought. But I, I would have thought that might be a good opportunity. And then, of course, with the growth of pickleball in Australia, if we if we look at, um, you know, Brisbane for 2032, God, that seems forever away, that, uh, then that, that, again, might be another possibility, really. I don't... People mutter about it, and I've even got a T-shirt with pickleball and some Olympic rings on the front. Uh, everybody would love to see it as an Olympic sport, but how long it's going to take to get there, I'm not sure. Unfortunately, these things have a, a way of, you know, just sort of uh, dragging the feet a little bit. There are, I think, four new sports being introduced for this next one. Uh, so whether we can get as one of those new sports for one of the ones in the future, it, it would be, well, it would be fabulous, really. Whether it's realistic or not at this stage, I'm not fully sure. I don't think we're ready for it yet. I think pickleball's an awful lot more progress to be made. If it can be made in that time scale, fantastic. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, not so not anytime soon. But you know, in, you know, maybe in the next decade or two, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, that's that's a really good insight. Actually, that kind of makes sense. And obviously. The, Olympics are planned so far it's out. It's definitely something well. we should we should definitely aspire to, to doubt because it's seen as that you know the the pinnacle really of uh, world participation is to be an Olympic sport, and yet there are some other you know major sports out there that um that are fairly common. You know, netball for example, it's not Olympic sport; it's not played in enough countries and so on and so forth. So I do think we can tick box eventually, but um. I don't think we're quite ready yet. You know, it is an optimistic thought, but it's something we should definitely work towards and aspire to, without a doubt. That would be amazing. Okay. Um, so, is there anything, being an insider, is there anything that you have that you know that's going on, that's happening, that you're able to share that might be interesting or exciting for, for the audience? Oh, no, then. Um, I don't think there's anything, you know, anything major. But uh, one thing, whether you see it as a good thing or a bad thing or not, at the moment is, um, it's it's interesting to see that the LTA have started to promote pickleball on the LTA website. Now I know there was discussion with the LTA yep. a good number of years back regarding pickleball, and at that point, you know, they they really weren't that interested. Uh, but I think I think pickleball is getting very very difficult to ignore these days because you know the progress that we've made, um, you know the people that we've got involved and the clubs that uh, we've been uh, developing um, have obviously got you know gone through the roof. And I don't I don't think any other sport could ignore, if you like, um, the, the the growth of the numbers in pickleball in the last twelve to eighteen months. Uh, so so it is interesting. Um, I, I think uh, we had some conversation with the LTA about how we could benefit each other. Um, I wasn't party to that meeting. I wasn't. I wasn't present. But the, that's the uh, the representative from Pickleball England. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't really have much information on how that went. But I know at least there was, um, you know, some communication. And um, 
as I understand it, an agreement to support and kind of partnership and work together. Uh, I, I personally, personal opinion, would not be keen on the LTA gov having the governance of pickleball. I think pickleball so far on goodwill, fresh air, and money. Um, you know, the, the job in hand has, has been it's been done incredibly well by the people, everybody involved. And I think it'd be a shame at this moment in time to lose, if you like, the uh, the overall control of pickleball to a to a, a bigger governing body like the LTA. So I think it is exciting times. The one thing I will say from my point of view is that since since COVID, when sports halls were shut and we managed to get some pickleball into tennis facilities, um, the tennis facilities in themselves became interested from the point of view it was generating uh, some some income, some new members, some secondary spend, and so on and so forth. So you know, if they got to a point where a few a few of the tennis clubs now have, uh, if they've had a, a deserted, uh, underused court, for example, uh, started to think about converting. In fact, some have converted to a, a ball facility. Um, so I think the relationship between pickleball and tennis has gone closer. Has come closer. Um, and which is great to see. I mean, even this week I've probably had two tennis coaches that have come forward and say, I'd really like to become qualified in pickleball. How do I go about it? Um, you know, and these these are these people who are um, sort of self-employed tennis coaches that use a variety of facilities, but they're now seeing it as a, you know, I mean, one of them actually I spoke to about four years ago and I actually got him playing pickleball. Uh, but but his uptake wasn't great. He, he wasn't convinced it was for him. He didn't see that he could make an income from it over and above what he was doing with his tennis. So, but the interesting thing is now he's come back and said, I'd really like to become qualified at pickleball. So I, that again, that's just a measure of the progress of pickleball, uh, I, I believe. So, yeah, it's exciting, exciting times, I think, really. Um, so as I say, I, you know, it's it's nothing nothing major. I, I, they've, they've come maybe closer together as two sports run in parallel, but see that they can benefit each other. Uh, but how things will go up at the top, between the LTA um, as a governing body and pickleball England at this stage, I'm, I'm not sure. So I think, I think that's quite exciting. Yeah. And, then, and the second thing is, right from the word go, I've always been um, uh, one of the ones in uh, Pickleball England to support the uh, development of its own leadership and coaching structure. Um, and we always had at one stage to bring over somebody from America to get people to become qualified with the IPTPA or something similar. Um, but um, because we, you know, I'd, I'd written, if you like, the the leadership award, which has been really well received, and I think I think at last count we trained over 150. Now qualified leaders of pickleball nationwide, which is tremendous. The impact these people are having on on the growth of pickleball is well, is mind blowing, really, to be honest. Um, and I've been really chuffed to be involved in that. Um, but but uh, Sam and uh, Rob Williams are also now taking that further forward, and Pickleball England will have its own. Um, coaching structure with a level one etc so again that's uh, an exciting thing i think from within um and you know it will will be brought over a national governing body in this company that doesn't have its own uh uh coaching structure really so once that's completed again i think that will be just another measure of how well the uh, national governing bodies done on behalf of pickleball to you know help it help it move forward and sam sam and rob have obviously been doing a great with that so well done to them yeah 
Yeah, well, I just did my, my level one with Sam on the Isle of Wight on Sunday as well. So I've just done mine too. There you go. If people go away from these things inspired, it always gives me a little flutter, really. I mean, I did a leaders course at David Lloyd in Cheadle last weekend. And to be honest, we could have sold that two or three times over. Um, in fact, Karen's asked me to put another couple on. I've done three leaders courses in the last sort of two. We're doing another one on Friday uh, in, in the last few weeks, really. And it's still not enough. The demand's still there. Uh, but I always get a little flutter when, you know, we put something on Facebook and people say, you know, what a good course it's been and how much they've learned and, you know, how they can take that forward and, you know, pass that on to all the people. All these leaders come in, whether they paid for their own course or the club have paid for it uh, as well, um, you know, for them, they're there to, to learn and develop the skills to then go back and impart that onto other people so i always say thank thank you for the time and for what they do because you know it, it's it's pickleball that will be the benefit of what they're doing and so for people to donate that time and money and travel you know for the benefit of others i think is truly admirable and you know i i, I just love being involved with the the leaders course yeah absolutely yeah yeah, teaching people and yeah, I've I've always been involved in people and, and helping people and it's yeah I, I love I love that kind of thing isn't that no better feeling than people feeling that they've you know help having helping people out so yeah I enjoy that too I guess I think we're around the hour mark now Elaine so just got a couple closing questions for you um so what I guess the first one is you know what's one question that I should have asked you that I didn't Probably one that's a, a, a great memory for me, really, something I'm incredibly proud of, was that I got nominated for Pickleball Hall of Fame by Henry Hilton. I suppose this could have come in my favourite moments in Pickleball, but it wasn't actually a Pickleball playing moment, if, if, you, know, if you know what I mean. But um, I, got, I got a letter from the Hall of Fame saying that I'd been nominated um, you know, as as a Hall of Famer, which would have been tremendous. Uh, and, you know, that was alongside some other really high-lying and powerful people in pickleball. And I was really just proud of the fact that I've been mentioned in the same breath as some of these names. Um, but but the but the thing with that is, as it stands at the moment, I didn't get admitted to Hall of Fame, and that's absolutely fine. I don't, I, I'm not too worried about that. Just the nomination itself is just, uh, just, um, a precious moment if you if you like and i was i'm the first person to be nominated outside of america all the others have been americans so even though i didn't get to get in the hall of fame as such i was just so incredibly proud that i was one from the rest of the world if you like uh that had been nominated and put forward so that were that were a precious moment for me and hillary hilton marold is uh she she, she People call her Dame Hillary, and for every every reason, really, she she's represented the U.S. in five racket sports, and you know, done so amazing in pickleball. And it, just even the fact that it was Hillary that uh, had noticed I was up to, probably through, well, I have met her, but through social media and everything, uh, and nominated me also was a special moment. So yeah, that's one I'm incredibly proud about. That's fantastic. Yeah, I had not heard of that. I've just looked it up and Googled it now and found it. But that's, yeah, that's amazing. I hadn't heard that. And I guess one thing I did forget to mention was that you were, you were, you had a mention in the King's Birthday Honours this year. Oh, in yeah, 2023, I did. That... That, that, <laughs> so how did that come about? Uh, well, it was, it was, a letter. I can't believe it really. We got a letter from the Cabinet Office. And as I, you know, it's a very imposing envelope, really, to be honest. And it said Cabinet Office on it. And when I got it, I thought, 
oh my god what have i done <laughs> what's this about and of course i op- <laughs> i opened it up and and i only got to probably the third line and burst into tears i, I was just so touched and amazed really that uh something like pickleball and at that stage it does actually just say something like you have been put forward for a, a king's honour in his birthday honours list obviously you need to be discreet and don't tell anybody or anything like that but I'd take that as that were a banker you know I just thought that well I've been put forward I'm not sure if I get it or not but then on the date of the king's birthday honours list when you when your name goes in the gazette with uh, an accreditation and it was for services to pickleball eh? again I had another little tear if I'm honest really to be honest you know when I think about it in, in all I've been involved in sport all my life really I started as a 15 year old uh, helping with the swimming club and I've done I've done about 53 years of volunteering so to think that something like this came about through pickleball is uh, didn't get emotional now I'm thinking <laughs> thinking about it but yeah it was just it was just mind-blowing really and then uh, you know obviously the congratulations start to come yeah. in from everybody and uh, it, it's like a it's like a second bite at the cherry really so yeah I mean that uh, that in itself it, I, I'm, I'm pleased on three counts it's wonderful for me as an individual it's fabulous it's for pickleball because it's first time it's been I think formally recognised outside of its own arena by someone else, and uh, you know, and thirdly, being a true northern lass, it's it's the northwest, so and it's a first for the northwest, so I'm I'm pleased. I'm I'm very proud on things, and I go to Lancaster Castle at the end of this month for that to be presented, and then next summer I believe we go to. Buckingham Palace to be uh, as an invite to the guard party. So I'm looking forward to having one of them 27,000 volivants that I believe are on shore. So, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very proud. Yeah, well, congratulations for that. Uh, okay, so Sam um, got me to invoke a tradition onto the podcast, um, which we didn't have one at the time, so we just copied somebody else's which is to ask a question for the next guest for whom you don't know who that guest is going to be. So I'll get a question off for you for the next guest after the podcast. But the question for you, posed by Steve Bill, who was the previous guest on the, on the podcast, is uh, what's the most important aspect that influences your satisfaction when turning up for a pickleball event? So it's quite good for you, I think, because it's events. But also, he was looking at as looking at it yeah. as market research. I, I, I must, I must be honest. So for me, it's really when the event's over and you start to look at the feedback. Um, you know, if you, it, it, I mean, it's, it's fabulous at the time when you see the joy on people's faces and how much they're enjoying it, and people come and tell you. But you know, but when it goes to print later and it's on social media and, and it's a bit of extra P, PR for your if, event for next year, that's a, you know, if people go away having had the best time feeling they've had value for money, feeling that uh, they've been invested in, in during the time with you, uh, you know, that, then then that's that's the thing for me. I think it's it's kind of when it's all over with and you just you just look look back and sit and look at the reaction. The the planning stages are exciting obviously because, you know, you, you develop ideas as you roll along. Um but having you know, having done an off an awful lot of events now, um and I, I did I suppose I'm lucky, really, because a lot of it's a transferable skill from my previous employment in sport. So, I, you know, I've been involved in things like youth games and, you know, things like this where people go away uh, 
having had what you know the very best experience that you can give them and if there if there is anything to work on for next year then we set about looking at it straight away and seeing if we can something something in the pipeline and the thing for me about a festival um because obviously we probably uh, i'm renowned for the northwest festival as much as any other event probably is the fact that um for me it's just it is a true festival it's a celebration of people being together the pickleball side of things is wonderful and the coaching and how people interact that's great but around that, that's why we try and do some food, some social activities, uh, some gifts and goodie bags, some one or two surprises, uh, bring in a couple of, uh, you know, uh, people that people might not expect. Um, you know, some some of that some of that works really well. Uh, so so for me, it's the whole experience, if if you like, of the time. Uh, and as I say, you know, I'm I'm seeing a lot of fest these days. And, and rightly so, it's great that these are, you know, people getting more choice because, you know, the Northwest sells out really quick. I think we sold out in less than 15 minutes this time. Um, but it, it, it's it's really good, I think, that people can uh, go, to, go to these festivals. But in some cases, these festivals are a, a couple of days play rather than a true festival in the sense of its entirety. And that's what I try and make our Northwest Festival, something that ticks all the boxes, you know, some music, some singing, some food, you know, some pickleball, some coaching and so on and so forth. Um, you know, and we, if you like, we enjoy giving that to our people that attend and, and we hopefully they'll, many of them have come back and there's always a scramble when we issue a date for registration. If I had a bigger facility anywhere in the Northwest, uh, then I would expand, but not been an option up to now, unfortunately. So, you know, maybe if we had somewhere else, then that would be good. Yeah, so it's a, a true festival in kind of every sense of the word, I guess. Yeah, like. I mean, in in some cases, it might be the only time you see somebody in a year. So, I think it's to me, it's you know, pickleball is the main reason to be together. But it's it's nice that we can add some other things to it and and make it you know a really fun experience, really enjoyable experience. Okay. Fantastic. I, it sounds like I need to try and get, get into one of those. It's quite far for me to travel, though. I'm right down on the, on the south coast. But, you know, that sounds, that sounds like a great great event that you, you put on there. Yeah, well, we'd, we'd, we've had some people travel from down south, so you'd be welcome, Mark. You'd be very welcome. Okay. Awesome. Well, maybe maybe I will. Maybe I will next time. Let me know. If people want to get hold of you, if they want to find you, where you, where you are, where, where's where's the best people, where's, where's the best place for people to go? Uh, obviously, Pickleball England, and I've got, uh, Elaine at pickleballengland.org as an email address. Um, uh, I've also uh, on there with other details. So again, quite quite often, I probably uh, give out my personal email as well, which uh, many people use in terms of pickleball. In fact, it's been swamped by pickleball, really, to be honest. So that would be my full name, Elaine Shalcross at hotmail.com. And a phone number of zero double seven five six eight nine eight seven two one. So with with any of those three, I'm sure people can get hold of me if they really want. So. Well, okay. Well, Elaine, it's it's truly been delightful speaking to you today. I just want to say thanks for coming on to the Pickleball Addiction podcast. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be invited, and I'm I'm really glad that we got to do it at last, Mark, because it has been outstanding for a few weeks. My fault entirely, but yeah, yeah, it's it's really good to sit down and have this chat. So yeah, I've 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 enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's been good. Well, I think it has. Anyway. Me too. Me too. <laughs> well, well, thank you once again.